discover the inherent power of God in you. Whether there are challenges or not, we are still the same. We are constant. God is constant. God does not change. And that is the life that we have received. It says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That is the same life we have also received. We are also the same yesterday, today, and forever. What kind of life? We, we, we are the same because we have the same life with Christ. So when you think about God, think about you. Because everything he is, that is why he told Abraham, he said, I am your, your exceeding great reward. God gave himself as a reward to Abraham. And we are the seed of Abraham. Therefore, we have inherited God himself. Listen to Pastor Oti Boatim as Christ is magnified in you. of your word. Thank you, Lord. You are glorious, excellent, and powerful, Lord. Thank you for all your blessings, all your grace, all your beauty in our lives. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Our hearts and our minds are full of gratitude this morning. Thank you so much. Thank you, Lord. Even in Jesus' name, amen. You may kindly take your seats in heavenly places. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Do you love Jesus? So we've been sharing concerning the Holy Spirit. It's a year of the Spirit, right? It's a year of the Spirit. And we are learning how to fellowship with the Spirit, how to partner with the Spirit, how to work with the Holy Spirit to produce results. Hallelujah. You know, it's important you don't, you don't just come to church, hear some things and go away. Church is a school. Okay? Church is what? Church is a school. And you must learn. You have to learn. Or else when the crisis of life hits you, you will not know what to do. And there's always an evil day. There's always an evil day, whether you like it or not. There's a day coming when you, you find yourself in trouble. I'm not cursing you. I'm just seeing the obvious. Okay? If you read in Ephesians chapter 6, from verse 10, let's look at it. Ephesians chapter 6, from verse 10. Unless you don't think God, God's word is true, we are not doing um, a cosmetic rehearsal. You see? Like coming to church and going and you know, all of that. It's not, it's not just, it's not for a joke. It's very important. Okay? It's, it's too needful. Maybe because you are young, you don't know. Yeah. When you are young, you don't see some things because some people cover you. Some people shield you. Your parents shield you. You know, and all of that. But as you go forward, you would see that life is not straight like that. There are things in life so older people understand God more. I don't know if you've noticed. They understand God more. They appreciate God more. It's either the person understands and appreciates God more or does not want to have anything to do with God. Feels that he, can, he or she can make it in another way. Do you see? So get these things you know, properly. Don't, don't let them slip. Because when the day of adversity comes, you really struggle. The Bible says that if you fail in the day of adversity, 
then your strength is small. Meaning that there's a day of adversity. There's a day when things will not go the way you planned for it to go. Something will come in. Do you see? Some strange sickness will come in. Yeah. It's, it's in the Bible. I mean, there's too many places. Matthew 7 says it. The floods came, the winds came, you know. But let me start from here. It says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Next verse. Put on the whole armor of God so that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Have you seen it? The wiles of the devil. The strategies of the devil. Next verse. Verse 12. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of the sword, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Whether I like it or not, these people are there. They are in the spirit realm, and they are interested in your life. Next verse, verse 13. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. There's an evil day. Hmm? There's a day when a doctor will give you a news that you have five days to die. What are you going to do? Are you going to accept and die? Or you are going to do something? And depending on how much of a word you have put inside you. It's not dependent on how much you've gone to church. It's dependent on how much of the word you have put inside you. What did you do with what they taught you at church? Do you see? It's not enough to go for lectures. You can't pass because you went for lectures. Or, after you've gone for lectures, what do you do? You study, you open the book, and then you study it. You, you get it into your, into your system so that you can reproduce it. When the day of accountability comes. There's a bigger exam in life. More than the exams you have written in school before. Or you are still writing in school if you are still in school. Okay, there's an exam of life. You know, he mentioned Matthew chapter 7. That's Matthew chapter 7. Let's read from verse 22. Matthew 7, 22. There's an evil day. And we learn these things. We hear the word of God so that we can build ourselves up strong. Okay? And stand. Life will not present you what you want. It will not present you with what you want. No. At all. You have to make life obey the word of God. Do you understand? Yeah. There's nothing that shows that when you leave school, you'll get a job. There's nothing that shows that when you're 50, you'll be prosperous. Nothing. Physically speaking, there's nothing. There's nothing that shows that you'll cross 40. Probably... There's a tag on you, spiritually speaking, that by age 40, you will not be alive. What are you going to do about it? Are you going to accept and die at 40? Probably there are some people you are supposed to save whose lives are dependent on you. About 500,000 people are going to be saved because of your actions. What will happen to them if you don't build yourself up? To become a builder. You know, there are two stages in Christianity. The first one is to be built up. The second one is to build others up. Do you see? So you build, you are built up to build others. So if you feel, if you refuse to be built up, then you cannot build others up. Do you see? Actually, everybody has a ministry like that. Every Christian has a ministry like that. What if there are about 500,000 people dependent on your life, and then you die and go to heaven, and none of the 500,000 showed up because you didn't, you didn't build yourself up. And hence, you couldn't build others up. You see? 
So they are, they are very, these things are very important. We don't just come to church. We don't just come, look nice and come. No, it's, it's, it's serious business. GC, it's serious business. It's both for this life and for the life that is to come. Keep your finger here. Go to 1 Timothy chapter 4. Let's read verse, verse 8. 1 Timothy 4, verse 8. It says, for bodily exercise... Let's read the Amplifier so that we just go straight to the point. It says, for physical training is of some value. It is useful for a little. It says, training yourself physically. Getting a V, a V chest is good. Going for jogging is good. Swimming is good. Squatting is good. Sorry? Getting a Coca-Cola shape is good. It's for physical training is of some value. It is useful for a little. It's true. It's useful for a little. Then he said, but godliness. Then he puts into brackets spiritual training. There's something called spiritual training. Training yourself spiritually. Your mind was trained to do what it did or is doing now. Do you know your mind is responsible for your walking? For your eating? For your moving your hands and all of that. Your mind was trained over a period. You didn't notice when it was being trained, but your mind has been trained. Doctors don't just become doctors. Their minds are trained. They are taken to school to be trained in their minds. Nobody's born a doctor. You are trained to become one so that you can help people and change people's lives. Do you see? Yeah. In the same way, the spiritual training, if you don't train yourself spiritually, you will not be able to do certain things. Okay? You will not be able to do certain things. You... You can just struggle for nothing. You may have money, but then you realize some serious sickness will just come. Sickness doesn't, it doesn't tell you when it is coming. Do you know? People sleep, wake up with, with strange things. He says for spiritual training is useful and of value. It is useful and of value. It is useful and of value in everything and in every way. Meaning that you have, to, you have to try and commit a lot of attention to spiritual training. Training yourself spiritually. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. You have to commit a lot of time because this is useful and of value in everything and in every way. Then it says for it holds. Spiritual training holds promise for the present life. It holds promise for the present life. Meaning that every single thing that you need for this present life, spiritual training will help you achieve what you need to achieve, physically speaking, for this life. Then he says, and also for the life which is to come. There's a life to come. Training yourself spiritually helps you achieve what you need to achieve for the life that is to come. Whether you like it or not, no matter how many houses you build here on earth, you end up in a casket. And a casket is not big. There are people who, someone buried a mother in a hammer. In a big car. You know, after some days, some people went to remove the car. You know, if you don't have a better use of a car, they, will, they just went to remove the car and then kept the body on the floor. You see. So, after all is said and done, this is not important. This one is not important. The life that is to come is very important. How are you preparing for that one? Do you see? How are you preparing for that one too? So spiritual training is useful. It's useful. Taking your Bible and reading is useful. 
Getting to understand the principles of faith is useful. Getting to understand who the Holy Spirit is is useful. Hallelujah. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Go back to the one in Matthew chapter 7, verse 22. Um, just when we're, you know, worshiping, it just came to my mind that I should prompt you about some of these things. You see. He says, many who say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name and in thy name cast, have cast out devils and in thy name have done many wonderful works? And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you, depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man. It is wisdom to hear the word and do the word. He says, I will liken him to a wise man which built his house upon a rock. Do you see? So when you come to church, you hear the word of God, you take notes, you go back, you look at it, you memorize scriptures. You try to let the word of God settle in you. Do you see? And allow the word of God to influence your decisions. Allow the Holy Spirit to influence your decisions. You are actually a wise person and you are building upon a solid foundation. Yeah. yeah. A wise man will learn and increase in learning. Do you see? Yeah. He says, and the floods came, the, flood, the rain descended. And the floods came. There are rains in life, brother. There are rains in life, sister. What shows that you have a child? You marry. Your sperms are working. Your wife's eggs are working. Yet you can't have a child. You see, that's why I said older people understand some of these things. Younger people don't. Like, you're wondering what's all this. I mean, Facebook is there. Instagram is there. You can just pose and be happy. You, you are, your mind is very... There's something wrong with you. Watermelon head. I tell you. Only water is in your brain. Like you've not yet sat down to realize how life is. <laughs> you finish school. You try to get one contract. You will see. No, I mean, those of you on campus, I don't know what is wrong with you. No, to be honest with you, you think that this is it. I've gone to school there before. <laughs> all of us have gone to school there before. Yeah. We all have won a cup on board. You know a cup on board? Academic pomposity. You finish and then you throw the hat like that and then they take a picture. You think it's, we made it. You made it where? <laughs> you are now starting. You made it where? Allow the Holy Spirit to let you see what is real in life. Yeah. And start preparing now. Okay? One young man finished university. He's trying to make something out of his life. You know, he was going to visit somebody, walking by the road. It was raining. The storm, you know, very wild storm was blowing. And then a big signboard, one of these Jerofix signboards, just broke and carried him off his feet. I don't know if you heard that story. Yeah. He's paralyzed up to date. What, what was it? Is that, is, was that his destiny? Was that his destiny? It carried him off his feet. Took his waist, everything. And he's paralyzed completely. I don't know if he's dead now. He, went to, he was happy when he was in school. Excited. When he was graduated, he made it. He didn't know that a signboard would change his life. Yeah. Could he have missed it? Emphatically, Yes. How could he have missed it? If only he had information from the Spirit. If only he had extra information. 
If only he could, he was not depending on his eyes and his ears and what his mind was telling him. If only he could have depended on something extra. He could have had a supernatural experience. He could have had the Holy Spirit telling him, don't go to this place. He would still be fine by now. Life. Life will teach you a lesson. And you'll be surprised that you'll be paying attention to the lesson. <laughs> so you cannot, we cannot uh, overemphasize the importance of spiritual training. We can't. It's not possible. There are floods, floods, floods in life. Floods, floods, rains, winds that blow in life. I tell you, storms. You see that you have a child, but you can't pay the child's school fees. Hey, what is the meaning of that? Have you seen some before? People who have finished school and they can't, they finish secondary school, they can't go, they can't go forward. And you have been able to go forward. Have you seen some before? Don't think those things have ended. They ended with those people. They are still, it is going. Strange things. Strange things. Cancers. Okay. Have you heard of the corona, coronavirus in China? I mean, where, the, where, is, where is this one to from? I mean, where is this one to from? People are just walking around and then all of a sudden, there's a virus that kills you within 24 hours. Wow. If such things enter Africa, it's finished. <laughs> we are in trouble. Life, I'm saying all these things to let you know, life is spiritual. And you have to turn on your spiritual antenna. Become serious with God. Become serious with what we do here. Okay? Yeah. Become very serious with it. Take, this, take note of the scriptures. Write them down. Get them into you. Go to Proverbs chapter 1. Let's read from verse 20. It says, Wisdom crieth without. Let's read message. I think the message version is nice, right? Lady Wisdom. Say Lady Wisdom. Lady Wisdom Wisdom goes out in the streets. Now, wisdom is the word of God. Wisdom is the spirit of God. Wisdom is God. Christ has made unto us wisdom. The Holy Spirit is called the spirit of wisdom. Do you see? So he says, Lady Wisdom goes out in the streets and shouts. At the town center, she makes her speech. So the word of God is talking to you every Sunday, talking to you every time, at different places. It says, in the middle of the traffic, she takes her stand. Have you seen people standing by the traffic and preaching before? Uh-huh. At the busiest corner, she calls out. Sometimes you, you see people standing in the markets and then preaching. Simpletons. Do you know a simpleton? Someone who is simple in his mind. Simpletons. How long will you wallow in ignorance? How long? Cynics. How long will you feed your cynicism? Idiots. This, this is the word of God talking to human beings. It's idiots. How long will you refuse to learn? How long? Like you've been in church for a long time, but you have not learned any, any, any scripture. How? You? You won't learn the scriptures? Hmm. Your day of calamity is coming. Next verse. It says, about face, I can revise your, your life. Look, I am ready to pour out my spirit on you. I'm ready to tell you all I know. Wisdom says, I'm ready to tell you all I know. As it says, I've called, but you've, you've turned a death ear. I've reached out to you, but you've, not, you've ignored me. I have called, but you've turned a deaf ear. I have reached out to you, but you've ignored. How can you come to church without a Bible, without a notebook? Nothing. You have just come. You are a shark. You are a shark. Your brain is supernatural. As, I'm, as the word of God is coming, you can capture everything. You are, you don't have notes. You are, you don't have podcasts. You don't have anything. 
I mean, what is most important in your You can afford to sleep at home on a Sunday morning or midweek when we are supposed to be in church. You think church is not important? It's very important. When your life's calamity comes, then you will see that you should have. And don't think that you can call the name of Jesus and it will work. It's called, called faith. You build yourself up in faith over a period. You can't carry 100 kilograms if you've never carried 5 kilograms before. If you've not learned how to carry 5 and carry 10 and carry 20. You can't hit the gym one day and want to carry 50 kilograms. Your first day now you hit, you hit the gym now. You are a champion. You are carrying 50. It doesn't work like that. You must train your muscles over a period. Same thing. Your spiritual muscles must be trained over a period. And this is, the, this is the opportunity God is giving to you. Okay? I remember years ago, there was a guy in church, in a small church over there. You know, young guy, coming and going, coming and going. One night, he had a strange attack. He couldn't breathe. Then he became fine. Then after some two months, it came again. And after two months, he didn't survive. He died. So he's dead now. Now, there are others who have had similar, similar things. But then when that thing came, they knew what to do. There are things that are not medical. Like, it's not everything that the doctors can solve. They know. The doctors know. Oh, you don't understand what I'm saying? Like, you need the name of Jesus. You need to understand how to use the name of Jesus. You need to understand how the Holy Spirit works with you. You need to understand how the Word of God works so that you can address some things in the Spirit and cast out devils. You think there are no devils? There are devils. Who don't like you? You see your face like that. They don't like you. Yeah. They don't like you. They want to terminate you. If you don't rise, you'll be surprised. He's dead. Because he was just coming and going. He didn't know that as he was coming and going, it was actually God was giving an opportunity to learn. So that when the day of calamity comes, he can rise up and address some things. He was just going and coming. Don't just go and come. Do you understand? He says, as he says, I've called, but you've turned a deaf ear. I've reached out to you, but you've ignored me. Next verse. Since you laugh at my counsel and make a joke at my advice. Some people laugh at the counsel of God and laugh at the word of God. And make a joke at the word of God's advice. As the word of God is coming, oh, we have heard some before. You won't say it out loud in your, on your mouth because you know if you say it, it will beat you. But, so you will not say it. So you say it in your head, oh, this one we have heard some before. What's all this? Every time you should read the Bible. Every time you should do this. The same message. Every time they are saying we should do this. Every time. We are tired. What's all this? We just come and go. What's all this? Uh-huh. So you are in the Bible. Next verse. How can I take you seriously? I'll turn the tables and joke about your troubles. The word of God says, I will also turn the tables and joke about your troubles. Next verse. What if the roof falls in and your whole life goes to pieces? What if catastrophe strikes and there's nothing to show for your life but rubble and ashes? Next verse. You will need me then. You will need me then. You will call for me, but don't expect an answer. No matter how hard you look, you won't find me. There's a time when the word of God does not work anymore. It doesn't work anymore. Seek ye the Lord. While he can be found. Hmm? There's a time coming when he can be found. You can't find him. You pray, he will not mind you. Is, is God wicked? No, what you need there, the foundation you need there to help you, it's not there. It's not there. How can I bring electricity to your house when you've not wired your house? Your house is not wired. Can, even if I bring the electricity to your house, it will not work inside your house. There's, no, there's nothing to work with. 
There's nothing to work with. There's no substance to work with. So coming to church, hearing the word of God, listening to these podcasts and all of that, it's raising you. It's, you, are, you are being raised. You are being trained. You are being prepared. Things are being put in place for you so that when the evil day comes, you can survive and go beyond that evil day. Overcome. The Bible says that whatsoever is born of God overcome the world. And it says, and this is the vision of overcome the world, even our faith. How, how does it work? Have you asked yourself, how does faith work? What is this faith thing? How does it work? How can I grow in it? What, what, what is it? It's, like, it's as though it's not important. But it's very important. Because that's what will help you overcome the world. What does it mean to be born again? You say you are born again. But have you bothered to find out what exactly it means? Have you taken time? You think it's for preachers. It's not for preachers. Abraham was not a preacher. Isaac was not a preacher. None of those people were preachers. Don't think that the word of God is written for preachers. For us to read. I'm the one to read it. Be there. Tell anybody be there. It doesn't work like that. It is for you. And for your life. So be smart. Tell anybody be smart. Wake up. Out of your sleep. You have been sleeping for too long. Huh? Wake up out of your slumber. Because you can be in the house of God and you are asleep. I'm not talking about sleeping physically. You are asleep spiritually. You are around, but you are, you are born again, but you are asleep. You are not awakened to the spirituality of life. Look at Romans chapter 13. Let me, let me mention some more of this to you. Okay? So become serious. Like, write scriptures down. Take notice of them. Find out. I didn't start out as a, as a preacher. I was not born with the Bible in my hand. Ah, were you born with the Bible? I was not born with a Bible in my hand. I've had to learn. I've had to read. I've had to take it seriously. That's why it's working for me. You see? It's not every preacher who is successful. Because there are preachers who don't read the Bible. There are preachers who don't... It's one of the major problems. There are preachers who don't read the Bible. There are preachers who don't fellowship with the Holy Spirit. There are preachers who don't pray in tongues. So they don't succeed. Do you see? It's not that you're you a preacher so you succeed. No. Haven't you seen preachers around? Or you've not seen preachers around? Haven't you seen a church building that has taken 35 years to build? It's, they can't build. They can't finish. Haven't you seen a church, very nice church that has only three people inside? What is the difference between that person and the one who has 10,000 people in his church? Is it because one has been called by God to have 10,000 and the other one? No. It depends on you. There's no roof in, in anything. There's no roof in ministry. There's no ceiling in ministry. It's up to you. How far can you go? Because as far as God is concerned, he wants the whole world to come to your church. <laughs> you see? So it's not something written for preachers. It's something written for life. This is the book for life. Keep your finger here. Ephesians chapter, uh, chapter 2, verse 10. For we are his workmanship. Let's read um, the Amplified so that it makes more sense. For we are God's own handiwork. His workmanship. We are God's own what? Handiwork. His workmanship. His handiwork. His work. We are, in other words, we are God's own manufactured product. You see, if those of us who went to school and we got Casio calculators. How many of you ever use a Casio calculator in your life? Have you noticed that it comes in a very big box with a very big book inside the box in different languages? Do you remember? That is called the manual, isn't it? Every machine you buy comes with a manual. In Africa, we don't read manuals much. So long as it can come on and go off, we are fine. Oh, yeah. That is why most of us failed in mass. 
That's why commerce was very difficult for you. Because you didn't know that that manual could have showed you how to punch x squared plus y is equal to 2 and find out what the answer is. Uh, just by punching that, you could have punched the questions inside the calculator and pressed equal to, and you'd have gotten your answer. But you never learned it because you never bothered to read the manual. You can even type integration and differentiation and all of those mapping, mapping matrices, functions. Do you know functions? Uh-huh. They are not what, what you are suffering to calculate. You could have just punched Fn. Did you see Fn on the calculator? Uh-huh. But you never... You are bereft of knowing the matrices. You could have. Eh? Do you remember matrices? The four, four figures, one, two, three, four. And then you are supposed to find all those things are inside the calculator. You could have punched it. Every wise manufacturer adds a manual to show you exactly how to use that particular thing. Life comes with a manual. Your life comes with a manual. It came with a manual. It's called the Bible. That manual is called the Bible. Hmm? If you are not reading it, how can you? So you are just like the guy who, who didn't read the Casio calculator manual. You are suffering for nothing. You realize that people finish the commas very early. Ah, what, what kind of... It, they were just punching. Within one hour, they are done and they are gone. And you are, you, when they are saying stop work, you are still calculating. <laughs> you have said stop work, you are, you are now calculating. You are on question 20. You have 20 more questions to go. Because you, all, you thought you would solve everyone. It doesn't work like that. It doesn't, they know that there are some questions you just have to punch. There are some you need to take your time and calculate. But you never learned it. Don't let that happen to you in life. Okay? Wake up. Tell me about wake up. Yeah. Romans chapter 13. Let's read from verse 11. And that knowing... The time that now it is high time to wake awake out of sleep. Have you seen it? It says it's high time to awake out of sleep. For now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. There are different kinds of salvation. He's talking about the salvation of the body. He's talking about when our body, our physical bodies will be transfigured. You see? There's a day of the transfiguration of our bodies. The salvation of our bodies. Our spirits are saved through the Holy Spirit, through Jesus Christ and his, his sacrifice. Our souls are being saved. As you come to church and you are preached to and you listen and you use it, your soul is changed. Your soul is saved. You will see that your mindset is changing. Your mindset about life starts changing gradually, gradually, gradually. And as your life, your mindset starts changing gradually. It starts affecting you and your decisions and how you live. Do you see? Uh-huh. So that's the salvation of the soul. Then there's the salvation of the body. Which happens when the day when Jesus comes. When Jesus comes... This body of ours shall be changed. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 52. It says, in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, or the last trumpet, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised, incorruptible, and we shall be changed. So the dead shall be what? Shall be raised. All those who have died, okay, and died in, in Christ Jesus, who died as believers, who have, they will come with Jesus in the... Sometimes when you talk about this, it's like we are talking about, we are seeing a story, but it will happen. Facebook has has made people forget that Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. And you need to prepare for it. You need to prepare for his coming. How are you going to be like on that day? You see, Jesus will come. There are two second comings of Jesus. The second coming of Christ is in two phases. There's a private coming and there's a public coming. 
The private coming, he comes for his own. He comes for the children of God. That's found in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Let's look at it. Then we'll come back to this, okay? Praise the Lord. From verse 13. But I will not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep. He's talking about those who are dead. He says, those who are dead. That ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. They are those who don't have hope in life. If you are not born again, you don't have hope in life. When you die, it's finished. You are going to hell, which is just a holding area. And then you'll be taken to the lake of fire, which is the actual place. So some people say that hell will be very nice, but money will be there. Tupac will be there. This one will be there. Yes, hell may be nice. Hell may, but lake of fire will not be nice. It's a lake of fire. There's, it's just water with fire mixed. You will not have time to dance. <laughs> because in hell, there are different compartments. There are different places in hell. There are dark places in hell. There are places of worms. There are places of fire. There are places of whatever. So many places. So maybe those who, those who have the worms, when the worms are passing by them, they'll be dancing. <laughs> you know, maybe. So that one will be, be nice. <laughs> Charlie, why is it not cool? Stop fooling. Stop messing. I'm like... Well, we talk about hell. Oh, what? What has not happened before? You there be there. You will die and see. Die and see. Die and see. You know, there's some things are like we shouldn't be joking with them. Yeah, but people have spoken in a certain way. Ah, so right now it's like it's nothing. Yeah, their minds are dead. So it's like it's nothing. Oh, we can just be. Oh, what's hell? We go feed it there. We go. Uh, we go feed it there. Okay, go and be there. Yes, for if we believe that Jesus died and rose again. Even so, them which also sleep or are dead in Jesus, will God bring with him? He says, God, what? You bring with him. So on that day, when Jesus, go to the next verse, verse 15. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain, those of us who are alive now, and remain unto the coming of the Lord, Jesus, the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. We shall not prevent them which are, we shall not prevent those who are dead from being raised from the dead. Next verse. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout. The Lord will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of, an, of the archangel, and with the trump of God. Then he says, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. So all those, so this is how it's going to happen. He says, those who are dead in Christ, will, God will bring with him. So Jesus will bring them with him. And they will be in the skies. He won't, his feet will not touch the ground. They will be in the skies on that day. Do you see? Then, everybody who died, who dies, has their body here. Okay? Their body is here. Everything concerning their bodies here is either their bones are rotten, whatever, but it's in the sun somewhere. Jesus does not need all of your body to raise you back to life, to raise your body back to life. Even if he has a, a particle, a DNA strand of yours, it may be in someone's pot. Because it has, yeah, I mean, things happen. It may be in someone's building. It can, it can now be part of a sun somewhere, in a building somewhere. It's, it's the foundation of a building somewhere. It will come out. And it will be changed to become a new body. And then you shall meet that body in the skies. And then we'll go back with Jesus to heaven for the Bema Sea judgment. That's, the, that's how it is. So it says, for the, himself shall, for the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of, of the archangel, and with the trump of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. Next verse. Then we which are alive and remain, those of us who are alive and have our full bodies and are alive, shall be caught up together with them in the clouds. Have you seen it? To meet the Lord in the air. So this one, Jesus' feet does not touch the ground. He stays in the air. And then, those who are dead in Christ, he will come with them, he will come with their spirits, and then they will get their new bodies. Their glorified bodies shall be taken. Then those of us who are alive will have our body, this physical body changing. 
So he says, then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. This is the second private coming of Christ. You understand? So Jesus will come, but then, this, so this is the rapture. He's describing the rapture to you. And it's the same thing that is written in 1 Corinthians 15, 52. Go to 1 Corinthians 15, 52. In a moment, in the twinkle of an eye, the word twinkle of an eye is less than, twinkle of an eye is, is faster than the blink of an eye. You blink, you blink very quickly, isn't it? A twinkle of an eye is like 10 to the power 16 of a blink of an eye. It's very fast. Within a very short time, pow, everybody's gone. When we talk about this, it's like a story. It's like it's a movie. You'll be surprised. Your house will not mean anything. Pow, you are gone. In a moment, the twinkle of an eye, at the last trumpet, so he talks about the trumpet, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised in corruption. Isn't it? So the dead shall be raised in corruption. Then it says, and we shall be changed. We shall be, so this body shall be changed. Hallelujah. So Paul is saying that, listen, it is time to awake out of your sleep because the, the time of our salvation is very close. It's closer than when we believed. It is closer than when we believed. So awaken out of your slumber. Stop playing as though there's nothing happening. As though life is just about you moving and going up and down and doing all the things. There's something more. Start training yourself spiritually. Awaken to the spirituality of life. Awaken to the fact that you need to study the word. Because you see, depending on how, how much you allow the word of God to enter you, okay, your body, your glorified body will determine, will, it will determine your glorified body, the kind of body you have on that day. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like all the things that we are doing, the church that we are coming to, the word of God we are reading, the prayer we are praying, the fellowship with the Holy Spirit that we are doing, all the things that we are doing is going to determine how your glorified body is going to be like. Now, what do I mean? If you wish, if you, if you knew you were coming to your parents, will you have come to your parents? Some of us will say yes, some of us will say no. So she said never. If you knew, okay, if you knew you were going to be born in Ghana, would you have come? Which one would you have preferred? America? America? You prefer America, right? Or Canada? That's where all of us are trying to go. If they bring a slave ship right now, that's oh, everybody come and be a slave. You'll be surprised. You enter, we'll compete and enter and go, isn't it? <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. If you knew. You were going to be born in Ghana, in Africa. You wouldn't have come. Some people would have committed abortion on their own. You chalk inside, you will not come. Your mom will push her, you will not come. You kill yourself inside. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> or someone use umbilical cord to wrap, to go around the neck and then jump out. <laughs> and commit suicide. If only you knew. But you are here now, right? Now, God is giving you an opportunity to determine where you will be for eternity. For eternity, this one you'll be here for some time. But this one is he's giving you an opportunity to determine where you'll be for eternity. Where will you be for eternity? The heaven that we are going is not one big place. Though. Does Kumasi have areas? When we say Kumasi, you can become from a kind, so I'm going to Kumasi. You are a fake. What is Kumasi? There's no place called Kumasi. When you say a doom, I'm going to a doom, then you, you are being specific. If you say Kumasi, you are being general. You are generalizing things. In Kumasi, there's Abu Abu. 
You know Abu There's Ashtown. There's, I don't know if you know these areas I'm mentioning. Maybe you don't. Let's go to Accra. Let's use Accra. Most of you know Accra. Okay, so in Accra, if you say I'm going to Accra, you've not said anything. So if you say we are going to heaven, you've not said anything. You've not said anything. Which part of heaven are you going to? Do you understand what I'm saying? Which part of heaven are you going to? Which of them are you talking about? Because there are seven heavens as far as God is concerned. There are seven levels of heaven. Seven. And in, on, every, on every level there are well, all things there. So which part? You can say I'm going to Accra, but maybe you are going to Ashaiman. Or you are going to Choco. Or Nima. Eh? You may be going to uh, 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 do you know do you know Kolewoko? Do you know Kolewoko? Ole Kolewoko. Eh? Those are very wild places. Eh? What's the name of the place? Uh, Agoboloshi. Do you know Agoboloshi? Do you know people live at Agoboloshi? Yeah. Odona. There are people who live at Odona. They are all part of a crowd, or you don't know. Yeah. So someone says, I, I live in a car. <laughs> you don't know. Where he's living in a car. Or you could be living at Trasaco. Or Cantonment. Or Airport West. Airport Residential. Some place in East Legon. Or Laboni. Or Ridge. Yeah. <laughs> she says her area. We don't know your area. <laughs> yeah. Or you can be in New York, in Ashaiman. United States of Ashaiman. Everything is there. Russia. Everything is there. Yeah. You can walk through someone. In Nima, I've, I've worked at Nima before. You can be walking and go through someone's hall. Oh, is that true? As you are going, someone says, hey, Charlie, move, move, move. There's a TV here, and he's here, and the path is in the middle. So if you are passing and you stop, you are blocking the TV. So you have to go. Oh, if no, you don't know Nima? Oh, it's normal in Nima. Ah. You pass through all kinds of places. We are just moving. Everybody's moving. Johnny Walker, just keep walking. Tell them about wake out of sleep. Stop sleeping. So depending on what you did with yourself, with your, with your life in God, okay, your body, your glorified body, okay, will, will have a certain kind of glory. It depends on you. It's all dependent on you. And your glorified body de- determines where in heaven you will be. Because there are zongo portions of heaven, there are middle portions of heaven, and there are very high portions of heaven. It's up to you. Which one do you want? There's outer darkness in heaven where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. It's a place of regret. You regret all the opportunities you had on earth. They, they have remembrance. Spirits don't forget. Do you see? Spirits don't forget. When the rich man died, the rich man and Lazarus, when the rich man died and he went to hell, the Bible says that he remembered. He saw Lazarus and remembered. I, I knew you in he- in back, in back on earth. Bring me water because he thought you were still on earth. Bring me water. He says, oh, please, we can't, I can't cross. Lazarus was in, was in Abraham's bosom. And remember, he could, he could also remember the rich man. I can't cross and come to your place. So there's a place in heaven called outer darkness. There's some in Matthew chapter 13. You can look for it. There's one in hell and there's one in heaven. Okay? Just imagine. Similar place. One in hell, one in heaven. You are, if you are in such a place, you think you'll be happy. 
Matthew what? Age 12. Look at Matthew age 12. It says, but the children of the kingdom, the children of who? The kingdom, not outside, the children of the kingdom. Are you a child of the kingdom? The children of the kingdom shall be cast out into, into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. The children of the kingdom shall be cast out. Because they went into yours with God. They are born again. Look at this. And cast seed, this is Matthew 25, verse 30. And cast seed the unprofitable servant into, the, into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. This is a prophet, an unprofitable servant. He was a servant of God, but he was not profitable. He did not do what he was supposed to do. This is a guy who hid his talents, eh? Yeah. So there are people in church who will not do anything for God. Do you know? You know you can do something. You know very well you can do something. I'm not bashing you. I'm just telling you the truth. I have to tell you what I have, you are supposed to hear. You can sing. When the people are singing here, you criticize them in your mind. Like as they are singing, ah, this girl, pa, what did she eat before coming? Did you know she should have eaten banana before coming? Yeah, king of glory. Ah, what's that? You know you can sing better than the lady, but you will not come. You are a, crit- a criticizer. You are like that unprofitable servant. It says, and cast ye on that unprofitable servant into outer darkness, where sh- there shall be there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So in outer darkness, the specialty is that there is weeping. Weeping over what? Weeping over the things you missed. The things you missed. The opportunities you had to share the gospel with somebody. The opportunities you had to change someone's life. The opportunities you had to serve God. The opportunities you had to do something great with yourself. To read the Bible. Instead of reading the Bible, you decided to watch Facebook. No, you know. You woke up in the morning, the Holy Spirit told you, read your Bible. You pick it. And God said, God, let's, let's just get on Facebook and just do all that. Outer darkness is waiting for you. If you read your Bible and make an effort to grow, you will get you you grow yourself out of outer darkness. That's the truth. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Now, do you know? Do you understand gnashing of teeth? You chew your nails and then you have, ah, ah. listen. There are tears in heaven. Now. Let me show you. He says, "You shall wipe away all tears." So don't be don't be here on earth. Hey, I'm going to heaven. When I go to heaven, everything will be nice. It's a lie, please. Do you understand what I'm saying? Uh-huh. It depends on what, what you did with yourself. Uh-huh. There's one in Revelation chapter 7, and there's one in Revelation chapter 4, 21. For the Lamb which is in the midst of the throne shall feed them and shall lead them into living waters of what? Living fountains of waters. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. This is for the first group. Okay, then look at Revelation chapter 21. This is what I want you to see. Revelation chapter 21 is, that, is the end of everything. It's the end of all things, the end of all the after this after the white throne judgment and everything. Even after the white throne judgment, some people will still be weeping. So he says, And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. Have you seen it? Let's read from verse one so that you understand what he's saying. It's nice. And I saw a new heaven. This is a new heaven and a new earth. For the old, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. I've used the scripture so many times. Next verse. And I, I, John, saw that city, the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride, adorned for her husband. Next verse. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them, and be their God. Next verse. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. They were in heaven, but it says that he shall wipe away all their tears. Why? Because they, for the longest time that they had been in heaven, they were weeping and gnashing their teeth because they did not do what they were supposed to do for Jesus Christ when they were here on earth. Yeah. 
You weren't built up. You didn't build yourself up. So you couldn't build anybody up. What, what, what are you going to do with yourself? Can't you see that time is going? Like some, there are some realities you, have, you, have not, you are not yet awakened. Be smart. Tell everybody be smart. Read your Bible. Pray. Every day. Talk to the Holy Spirit. Every day. God cares about you. He doesn't want you to struggle in any way. That's why he's talking about you. To you like this. Okay? Speaking in tongues is not a waste of time. Coming to church is not a waste of time. It is profitable for the life that now is and the life. So I've just tried to expose you to the life that is yet to come. There's a life that is yet to come. There's a life yet to come. These things will help you have credit for the life that is to come. So that you don't end up in outer darkness. There's out, as for that one is the truth. There's outer darkness. In heaven. In heaven. Can I show you some more? You see, there's, there's entering, there's seeing the kingdom, entering the kingdom, and inheriting the kingdom. They are not the same. John chapter 3. Let's read from verse 3. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So being born again makes you see the kingdom of God. Have you seen it? Next verse. Jesus, Jesus answered, Verily, I say unto you, this is verse 5. Very, very, very unto you. I said, a man be born of, the, of what kind of the spirit? He cannot enter into the kingdom of God. So, being born again is what makes you see and makes you enter the kingdom of God. So, now that you're a child of God, you are in the kingdom of God. You have passed from darkness. Colossians chapter 1, verse 12. Look at Colossians 1, 12. Giving thanks unto the Father, which has made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. Next verse. Who has delivered us from the power of darkness? And has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. Have you seen it? He has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. He has taken us from the power of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of his dear son. So we are in the kingdom of his dear son. With inheritance. There's an inheritance for us. So the verse before that shows you. Giving thanks unto the Father which has made us meet or qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. There's an inheritance of the saints in light. And even that one, if you are not built up, you cannot enjoy the inheritance. There's inheritance for you in Christ. But then if you are not built up, that's in Acts chapter, uh, chapter 20, verse 32. Look at Acts 20, 32. Uh, but, and now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up. Have you seen it? And to give you an inheritance among all them that are sanctified. So among all them that are sanctified, amongst all Christians, there are those who are enjoying their inheritance and there are those who are not enjoying their inheritance. Why? One group has taken their time to find out about their inheritance and hence they can enjoy it. The other group has not taken their time to, to find out and hence they cannot enjoy it. That's why there are Christians who are suffering, dying, in struggling, doing all kinds of things. They are Christians, but they are suffering. Just like everybody else in the world. Why? Because they've not taken time to sit down to find out about their inheritance. If you leave inheritance for your father leaves inheritance for you, and you don't take your time to find out where which building is. <laughs> I, I know someone whose buildings are so scattered. Eh? If you inherit the buildings, you may not go to one of the places where, where, for all your life, even. Yes, I was being told about someone who had an, a, a, a land somewhere at Tema. For years, nobody knew about it. Until recently. So there's plenty of inheritance in Christ for you and I. That's the truth. There's inheritance of joy. I mean, you can have joy unspeakable, full of glory every day of your life. There's no need to be sad. Whether things are good or bad makes no difference. It's counted all joy. When you fall into diverse temptations, makes no difference. It makes no difference what's happening. Whether things are going well, you know that all things are working together for your good. It's a state of mind that God wants you to be in. 
Whether there's money or no money, whether it's there's, there's car, no car, whether whatever it is, you are, you are okay. Paul said, I've learned to be content in whatever state I, I am in. To be I've learned to be both abased and to abound. There's an inheritance in Christ. Do you understand? Yeah. There's great inheritance in Christ. But if you don't grow in the Lord, you will not know. You live inheritance for children. If, a child, if you live an inheritance for a child who is four years old, would he be allowed to use it? He's, he's told to wait until he's 18 before he can enjoy it. Is it true? Is it true? Mm-hmm. So in Galatians chapter 4 verse 1, look at Galatians 4 1. Christ died and left us inheritance. Is the truth? He left us inheritance. All the beautiful things you can think about, he left it for us. But until you grow up, you are not going to inherit it. Now I say that the heir, as long as he's a child, different nothing from a servant, though he be lord of all, the heir, the one who, was, who is called to inherit as long as, he didn't say when, as long as, so it depends on you. As long as he's a child, it's not different from a servant. Even though he's the lord of everything, he owns everything, but because he's not grown, he's like a servant in his own house. Look at the next verse. But it's under tutors and governors until the time appointed of the father. God gives you tutors and governors. To help you. To raise you. Look at the next verse. Even so, we, when we were children, were in bondage under the elements of the world. As long as you're a child, the elements of the world will control you. Some strange wind blows. You just get some wild cold. Something strange happens to you. Medically speaking. You're a child. That's why those things are happening to you. Makes no difference. John Gillick was in the midst of the bubonic plague, which, which is just like a... a, a by Ebola. He would, he would touch the viruses, everything. Nothing happened to him. Why? He knew. He was old in the spirit. He knew who he was. He had taken his time to find out about his inheritance. He had taken his time to read the Bible. To get to know who Jesus is. To get to know what it means. This eternal life that I have, what does it mean? As long as you are not interested, you should know that you are not going to inherit anything. Uh-huh. So that all what I've spoken about is seeing and entering the kingdom. There are things you, you see and enjoy because you are in the kingdom now. Now, after that, there's inheriting the kingdom. There are things in the kingdom that you can inherit, that you can have, which is part of your inheritance. It's what Christ died for. That's what I'm talking about. But then there's inheriting the kingdom itself. Okay? Do you understand when we say inheriting the kingdom? That is the day when they place a crown on your head and tell you that the kingdom is now yours. You have inherited the whole kingdom. And that is God's vision for your life. It's called the day of our glorification. That is the day when we stand before Christ. And then he gives us crowns. There are crowns for you to inherit. There are crowns for you to inherit as a child of God. One of the crowns is the crown of life. Another one is the crown of glory. The crown of rejoicing. The crown of righteousness. All of them are incorruptible. Sometimes we say the crown of incorruption. Am I saying strange things into your ears? Do you know about these things? You can be a Christian and not know about it. Even though it has been preached. Last day I preached these things. I preached You were here last year, but you didn't hear. They are all there. You see. Now, look at. Oh, hallelujah. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9. Knowing not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Have you seen it? Knowing not that what? The unrighteous shall not. You can, be, you can be a righteous child of God and live in unrighteousness. 
He says, you shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Be not deceived, neither fornicators, idolaters, nor adulterers, effeminate, nor abusers themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners, shall inherit the kingdom of God. These people don't inherit the kingdom of God. Then he says, and such were some of you. God does not see you like that. But if you see yourself like that, voila, voila, voila. It's up to you. He says, and such were some of you, but you are washed. So you must agree that you are washed. You must agree that you are sanctified. You must agree that you are justified in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And by the Spirit of, of our God, so that you can inherit the kingdom of God. Yeah. Look at Galatians chapter 5. Let's read from which verse do you like? From verse 18. Let's read from verse 16. This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary the one to the other, so that ye cannot do the things that you would. But if you be led of the Spirit, ye are not under the law. Next verse. Now the works of the flesh are manifest. So he shows you, you can be born again and allow your flesh to be happy. This is the, this is the state of most children of God. You are born again. When you die, you go to heaven. But your flesh is controlling you. Your flesh is the Lord of your life, not Jesus Christ. Meanwhile, you make Jesus the Lord of your life. But practically speaking, your flesh is the Lord of your life. Now the works of the flesh are these. These are the works of the flesh. Adultery is the work of the flesh. A child of God who is into adultery... It's just, it's just your flesh that is moving. You are not an adulterer. You have allowed your flesh to take over. Fornication. You can be a child of God. You are a master fornicator. You've, you've not trained your flesh to stay. Everybody's flesh wants to fornicate. Ask your neighbor. Does your flesh want to fornicate? What do your neighbor say? Right, depending, listen, depending on how well you've trained yourself, you will notice that your flesh may not want to do those things. Because you train yourself. There are some who is just, is just, is just here. If you say hello, hey, we are fornicating. <laughs> Bishop Dark says you are like watching. He says people like watching not because it is nice or it's expensive. It's because it's cheap. It's easy to find and it is cheap. If you're a lady and you're just giving yourself out like that, you are like watching. Hallelujah. Unclean, ask God, it's okay. Uncleanness. Lasciviousness. Next verse, verse 20. Idolatry. Even witchcraft is the work of the flesh. You can be a child of God and you're into witchcraft. What is witchcraft? What is witchcraft? See, stubbornness is like what? Witchcraft. Rebellion. It's like witchcraft, isn't it? Uh -huh. What is witchcraft? Manipulation. Manipulating people. To do what you want them to do. Do you see? And destroying people with your words, with your whatever, actions, a lot of things. And then you say, when the person is finally destroyed, you're like, oh, I didn't mean to. <laughs> when the witch is caught, you say, I, I, didn't, I didn't know what happened. I, I don't know. It's my uncle. The uncle that brings the money to all the people in the family, that's the one they will chew. That's the one they will eat. And then when that uncle dies, they will come and come and cry. Oh, why did we even do it? Do you understand what I'm saying? Uh -huh. Witchcraft is destroying what is good. Manipulating. Hmm? Spirit of manipulation. You can be a child of God and have that. Amazingly. It's not supposed to be like that. But depending on how you allow yourself. You can allow yourself. You're a child of God you can allow yourself. It's called walking after the flesh. You can choose to walk after the spirit. or walk. It's now a choice. You are, you are born again. You are in the spirit. You are born again. But now, it depends on you as to where you will go. 
idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulation, all these things are nice things, interesting things. Emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envies, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like, of the which I tell you before, as I have told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not what? They shall not inherit the kingdom of God. So, they have entered the kingdom of God, but because of these things, they were not going to inherit the kingdom of God. It depends on you. Hallelujah. Sometimes you need to be exposed to the spiritual aspect so that you will know. Oh, this, these, are, these are things happening. Okay. Then it means I have to check myself. I have to follow Jesus as I'm supposed to. And not allow myself to just go like that. They that do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. They shall not inherit the kingdom of God. How many of you want to inherit the kingdom of God? Wow. Yeah. You will inherit the kingdom of God in Jesus' name. Yes. Because you walk in the spirit. And take God seriously. Ask me a question. If you are interested in asking a question about what I've said so far. Ask me a question. Ask a question. If you are interested. Yeah, I can see some hands. Yeah, my dear. Please. Okay, my question is, you, you were talking about the fact that the appearance of Jesus, mm-hmm. we have the public and then the private. I didn't talk about the public. Yes, eh? please. I want to hear that one. Thank Revelation you. chapter 1 verse 7. She wants to know about the public appearance. So Revelation 1, 7. He says, Behold, he cometh with what? Clouds. He's talking about Jesus. And he says, Behold, he cometh with clouds. And every eye shall see him. And they also which pierced him. He's talking about Jesus. He says, They also who, who, which pierced him. And all kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him. Even so, amen. Uh, so this is the day when Jesus comes. He says, He comes with what? With clouds. Now, what are the clouds? The clouds are Christians. You and I, those who inherit the kingdom of God, will come with him. Okay? Revelation chapter 19. Let's read from verse 7. Revelation 19, 7. Don't say that my scripture quoting is a gift. She just asked me a question. And you see I'm quoting scriptures for her. It's not just a gift. I have learned. Do you understand what I'm saying? If you also learn, you will know it. It's not by osmosis. I learned it. And the Holy Spirit reminds me of what I have learned. The Holy Spirit reminds you of the things that Jesus has said to you. The things that you have learned from Jesus. He doesn't remind you of things you don't know. How can he remind you when you don't know? Have you ever met somebody, the person says, he knows you, and starts telling you about, like you met somewhere, and you're like, oh, okay, okay. You don't know. Look at this. Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him for the marriage of the Lamb is come and his wife has made herself ready now. So this is how it works. Um, we all get born again. Out of those who are born again and are serious with God, Christ takes a bride out of that. So the church or the body of Christ is supposed to grow to become the bride of Christ. Now, not everybody in the church becomes a bride of Christ because it's not everybody in the church who is serious. So Revelation chapter 2 and chapter 3 talks about the overcomers. There are those in the church who are overcomers, who, know, who, who have decided to learn and have decided to grow. So they grow to become overcomers. And all of them are the ones who become the bride of Christ. All of the spots and wrinkles are patched off. You have to go and do relearning. So there's a relearning. So the church, okay, must grow. Everybody in the church must grow to become the bride of Christ. But unfortunately, it's not everybody in the church who is interested. So those who are not interested will be left. 
those who are interested, become the bride. Ephesians, keep your finger. I want to just show you the, the thing. Ephesians 5, verse 20. Let's read from verse 25. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ loved the church, and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it. He gave himself for the church for this purpose, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. Next verse. So he used the word of God to raise them and cleanse them. We are all being cleansed by continual hearing of the word. So that he might present it to himself a glorious church. The church is different from the glorious church. A glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. He wants a holy and an unblemished church, which is called the glorious church, which is a bride. How many of you want to marry a woman who does not have teeth? Whose face is full of wrinkles? So all those who make the body of Christ wrinkled and make the body of Christ full of spots, Christians who make the body of Christ full of spots, okay, are going to be taken out. So it's the same concept with the five virgins, the five foolish, foolish virgins and the, ten, the five wise virgins. There are ten virgins. All of them are, virginity is a sign of Christianity. Second Corinthians 11, 3. 11, 2 and 3. 2. For I am jealous of you with godly jealousy. This is Paul talking. He says, I am jealous of you with godly jealousy. For I have espoused you to one husband, that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. Have you seen it? Uh-huh. So he wants to present us as a chaste virgin, as a pure virgin to Jesus Christ. Then he says, but I fear. Less, next verse, verse 3. But I fear lest by any means, as a serpent beguiled you through his subtlety, so your mind should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. I, I'm afraid because some people are being corrupted. They are going away. They are not following what I'm telling them. They are not following the word of God. They are not following the Holy Spirit. They are not following the name of Jesus. They are not, they are not doing all those things. Do you see? Uh-huh. So we are to be presented to Christ as a chaste virgin on a certain day. Okay? So there are five wise virgins who follow and are interested in God. And hence, when the, the, when the bridegroom comes, they are ready. And hence, can go into the, into the chamber and be married to the bridegroom. The five foolish virgins are those who are Christians, but are not serious. The Bible says that they must go and go and buy from those who sell oil. So they must go. So there's remedial classes in heaven. All those things. Yes, all those. Because their tears will wipe that way. Oh, so, so someone can say, oh, me, I'll attend them remedial classes. Yeah, there are people who say that. I'll, me, I'll attend them remedial classes. You lose out on a lot of things. A lot of things. Okay? So there are Christians who, who are not serious with God and who end up in outer darkness. But then in outer darkness will be taught. So that they can become part of the bride. The wife of Christ. So the church must grow to become the bride that marries Christ. Or marries Jesus Christ. So Revelation chapter 19 verse 7 is a marriage. We have the marriage of the Lamb and the marriage supper of the Lamb. Okay? So Jesus wants to marry you. And all of your Christianity is about growing as a bride. That's his bride. That's all you are doing. So that one day you'll be married to him. So he says, let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him. For the marriage of the Lamb is come, and his wife has made herself ready. His wife, that is you and I, the Christians, the church, has made herself ready. Next verse. And to her was granted that, to the church was granted that she should be arrayed in fine lining, clean and white. For the fine lining is the righteousness of saints. Other verses will tell you the righteousnesses of saints or the righteous works of saints. So all the things you are doing for Jesus, all the things that you are doing in the house of God, all the things that you are moving around doing for God is what will be your clothes for your wedding on that day. So if you are not interested, you will not have any clothing on that day. Revelation chapter 17 verse 3. It says there are those who will be caught there naked. Revelation 16 15. Behold, I come as a thief. Blessed is he that watcheth and keepeth. Christians are to watch and keep. 
This blessed is he that watcheth and keepeth his garments, lest he walk naked and they see his shame. So there are some Christians who be found naked on that day. Because you don't, the garments to attend the wedding, you don't have. Do you understand? Uh, when we talk about nakedness, don't think only about your thing not showing. That's what we are talking about. It's, it's more than that. Okay? There are two robes. There's a robe of righteousness that is given to every Christian when he becomes born again, which is a gift from the Lord. Christ is made unto us righteousness. But then there's another wedding garment that is given, given unto you for you to sow and work with your righteous works, all the things that you do for the Lord. Okay? And that is what qualifies you to be. So people will be found with the robe of righteousness, but not with the agament. Uh-huh. Go back to that place. Revelation chapter 19. I'm trying to explain it to you, okay? Very well, so that you understand it. You understand how it works. And he said unto me, right, blessed are they which are called unto the marriage supper of the Lamb. It's not every Christian who is called unto the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said unto me, these are the true saints of God. All the Christians who attend the marriage are the ones who go for the marriage supper. Is it not the people who go for the marriage who go for the reception? And every reception has invitation. Proper reception has invitation. If it's a proper reception, there's invitation given for it. Okay? So there are invitation cards given as well for Jesus' uh, marriage. That's found in Revelation 2.17. He says, he that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit said unto the churches. To him, to him that overcometh, will I give to eat of the hidden manna, and I'll give him a white stone. And in a stone, a new name written, and no, that which no man knoweth, saving him which receiveth it. The white stone was what was given to all those who partook in the athletics and were hence invited to come for the supper in the evening during the Roman times. John grew up in the Roman times, so he described the things with that particular concept. I hope you understand what I'm saying. So, he says, the one who overcomes, those who are serious in the house of God, he says, he will give them a white stone. And in the stone, a new name written, and no man knoweth, saving him which receiveth it. So, you have a white stone with your name, which is your invitation card, your personal invitation card, to the wedding, to the marriage supper of the Lamb. So, the private, the first private comment that I spoke about, when the church is taken, the bride, it's actually the bride, so... This gets into raptures. There are, there's not one rapture. There are raptures. There are at least. How many? There's pre-tribulation. There are different views. There's pre-tribulation, mid-tribulation, and then post-tribulation rapture. But then out of all of them, there's the uh, harvest. There's the first fruits, the harvest, and then the corners, the gleanings of the corners of the field. Hey! So when it comes to the church being carried away, the rapture, there are people who have different views because of different scriptures in the Bible. Some people think that some people will be left behind. Those who are not correct. The, the mangoes, you don't eat unripe mangoes. So the unripe mangoes will not be collected. They need to ripe. Isn't it? So Jesus will come for only those who are matured and take them away. And the Christians who are not matured will be left. And they will pass through the tribulation. Antichrist will use them small. He will give them wickedness small so that they can grow. So that Christ will come for them after. Yet, there's also another concept that everybody will be taken away at the same time. Now, whether everybody will be taken away or someone will be left, your business should be, invo- should be interested in growing the Lord so that whatever it is, you can go. Please, you understand? So that it can be changed. If the, second, the first concept is true, you don't want to be part of that. Or, if the trumpet sounds right, then we, some people go and then we are left here. Who will preach to you? Hallelujah. So when all of so I hold the concept that everybody will be taken because of some scriptures. All of us will be taken. But then when all of us are taken, there are some who will be married to the Lord, and there are those who will not be married to the Lord. 
Did you get it? Uh-huh. But what about it is you will lose something. So Revelation chapter 19, verse, verse 9. And he said unto me, right, blessed are they which are called unto the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said unto me, these are the true sayings of God. <laughs> true sayings that will come to pass. Next verse. And I fell at his feet to worship him, and he said unto me, See that that do it not. Go, go to the next verse, verse 11. And I saw heaven opened. See, I saw heaven opened. And behold, a white horse, and he that sat upon him was called faithful and true. And in righteousness he does judge and make war. He's talking about Jesus. Next verse. His eyes were as a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns, and he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. Who is that? Jesus Christ, okay? It says, I saw the heavens open, and I saw someone sitting on a white throne, on a white horse, coming with his vesture. His cloth was dipped in blood because he's coming for war. The second coming of Christ, which is public, is actually for war. He's coming for war. The first one, he comes for his people. The private one, that's for his children. The second one, he comes to come and fight on earth. Now, look at your next verse, verse, verse 14. And the armies which were in heaven, armies, you think it's angels, it's not angels. Since the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses, clothed in fine lining, white and clean. Who are those clothed in fine lining, white and clean? It's a righteous sins. As I say, go back to verse 7. You see it. Romans 19, 7. Let us be glad and rejoice. I give an answer to him. For the marriage of the Lamb has come, and his wife was, has made herself ready. Verse 8. And to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine lining, clean and white. Have you seen it? Is it the same clothing the other group are wearing? So it's the same group. The church. That becomes... So, the church that becomes a bride, okay, are those who enjoy themselves with Christ. The marriage supper of the Lamb is actually the reception, and hence the honeymoon. Now, in Christ's case, the honeymoon is actually a war. So, we, we enter a war. <laughs> so, the, the, the bride that marries the Lord is what becomes the army of God. And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses, clothed in fine lining, white and clean. So this scene here and the armies which were in heaven followed him in white horses is the same thing that is written in Revelation chapter 1 verse 7. Look at Revelation chapter 1 verse 7. Remember, that was the first thing I mentioned when you asked the question. Behold, he cometh with what? Who are the clouds? The armies that follow him. The armies that follow him are the clouds. Jude chapter 1 verse 14. Jude 1 14. And Enoch also, a servant of Adam, prophesied of this saying, Behold, the Lord cometh with ten thousands of his saints. Have you seen it? Ten, he cometh with what? Ten thousands of his saints. So the Christians who were serious with him here on earth, who were in love with him when they were on earth, are the ones who become the bride and hence become the army, which comes down to come and crush all of the governments of this world and all of humanity. So he will come with ten thousands of his saints. Go back to Revelation chapter 19, where we stopped reading. And when he comes, actually Jesus will come. So this time around, he will come and set his foot on earth and stay on earth for 1,000 years with his army that will come with him and come and rule on earth for 1,000 years. Now, on that day when Jesus is coming, with us, the serious ones. Say with us. The serious ones. Tell me, I'm part of that group. If you, whatever you do, I'm part. Or what do you think? Yeah. yeah. I think you should be part. It's a choice. It's a choice. It's up to you. It's up to you. It's up to you. You should be motivated. That's what I'm talking about. So that you be motivated to, to learn about spiritual things. And not just be there. And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses, clothed in fine line, and white and clean. Next verse. 
and out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword, that with it he should smite the nations, and he shall rule them with a rod of iron, and he treaded the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. So this is what is going to happen. It's called the, ba- the battle of uh, Armageddon. Have you heard of Armageddon before? So, the, at that time, before this time, the Antichrist, so because the church will be gone, I would say that uh, only he that led her to let. The mystery of iniquity does work already. Second Thessalonians 2, verse 1, verse 7. This is for the mystery of iniquity does already work. What's the mystery of iniquity? The mystery of iniquity is uh, the revelation of sin, the man of sin. All of sin will be embodied one day, just as the word of God was. The devil is always mimicking God. So just as the word of God became flesh and dwelt amongst us, and his name was called Jesus, the devil will also embody sin in a man, and his name will be called Antichrist. He's called the man of sin. All his sin embodied. So he has his own level altogether. So he says that for the mission of iniquity, sin is already working. Iniquity is already working. Only he who now letteth will let until he be taken away out of the way. The, he says, only he who now letteth. He's talking about the church and the Holy Spirit. Only he that letteth will now let until that he be taken out of the way. Next verse, verse 8. All these things are in the Bible. And then shall that wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth, and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. He's talking about the Antichrist. Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan, with all power and signs and lying wonders. Next verse. And with all deceivableness. You deceived all the world, I tell you. Of unrighteousness in them that perish because they received not the love of the truth that they might be saved. Have you seen it? Uh-huh. He's talking about the Antichrist, the embodiment of, the, of, of, of Satan himself. So by the time the church is taken away, the Antichrist would have been manifested because he that let it will now let. We are the ones preventing him from being revealed. So when the church is taken away, all, with all our prayers, he can't come. All the prayers that Christians are praying all around the world and how we are the light of the world, we, they, he can't come. So when the church is taken away, so he comes, he's revealed to the full when the rapture takes place. I get it. Uh-huh. It's very interesting. There's a seven-year peace deal that he decides to not let go on after three and a half years. So, when we are taking another, Antichrist is revealed. Israel will follow him for three and a half years because he will assist Israel to sign a peace treaty with Palestine when with all of his enemies around. Where Israel is right now, everybody's an enemy. They want to bomb them out. It is not today that it started. It was prophesied long ago that this is what will be happening. So the Antichrist will come. You know Israel is still expecting the Messiah. They feel that the Messiah is the one who will bring them peace between them and their enemies around them. So the Antichrist will show himself up for them and help them have a peace treaty with all those who are around them for seven years. So they'll be following, the whole of Israel will be following the Antichrist. Okay? Until after three and a half years of the peace treaty, Three and a half years into the peace treaty, he will enter the temple of God. You know that they are thinking of getting it built again and at the spot and all of that. It's all, so history, it's, everything is happening. Jesus is coming soon. You'll be surprised. He will enter the temple and then he will sacrifice a pig. It's called what? The abominations of desolations. Okay? He will enter the temple of God and, and sacrifice a pig, which is an abomination. Jews don't like pigs at all. God spoke about how that they shouldn't get pigs close to them. That is why when Jesus was casting out that devil who had, that guy who had devils, legion inside him, the demons asked that they go into the pigs over there. And Jesus gave them leave because the guy was doing an illegal business. 
They are not supposed to be wearing pigs in Israel. So Jesus gave them leave. Okay, you can go into the pigs because that's an illegal business. According to God, you are not supposed to be wearing pigs in Israel. Do you get it? <laughs> so, the sacrifice. So you sacrifice. Then everybody will know. Israel will know that this is the Antichrist. That's the only time. So it's also called the mystery of Israel's blindness. Israel is also blinded. On that day, their, their blindness will be taken away. Then they know that, hey, this, this is not our Lord. Okay? So the Antichrist will start persecuting them for the next three and a half years. He will persecute. It's called the time of Rachel's trouble. He will persecute Israel to the point that almost all of Israel will die. Only 144,000 Israelites will be saved. He will kill almost everybody. Out of every tribe, 12,000 will survive. That's what is written in Revelation. That's why Jehovah's Witness people say that only 144,000 people shall be saved. It's actually Jews, not Christians. He will persecute them seriously. Kill so many. And some people will not be happy about what he is doing. They are called the people of the East. If you notice, China is always outside of the world. China has their own mind. They don't mix. So the people of the, they are called the people of the East. So China will come, will mobilize and come and fight the Antichrist. And the Antichrist will also mobilize all of Europe and all of the Americas and come. And they will come and come and fight on the doors of around the doors of Israel. Okay? So Armageddon is around that place. So when they are coming, when the people of the East are coming and the Antichrist is also coming, then Jesus and us will come from heaven. At that same time. So when they see us, they'll think that we are aliens. They will think that we are aliens. So they'll join forces to fight us. But then Jesus will not come and fight with sword and arrows. With the breath of his mouth. We just read it. With the breath of his mouth. He'll do this. And then all of them will, will die. The Bible says that on that day, about 250 million soldiers will die. Go back to Revelation chapter 19. All this is, this is in the Bible. I'm not the one saying it. These are clear things that are going to happen. As to the timing, we don't know. But then we know that it's going to happen. Okay? Go back. Go back to verse 17. And I saw an angel standing in the sun, and he cried with a loud voice. So when Jesus comes with us, the breath of his mouth, he will do this. And all, a sword will come out of his mouth and consume all of them. The Antichrist with everybody. The Antichrist will be captured. The false prophet will be captured. The beast will be captured. And they are the first group to go into the lake of fire. They are the first to taste it. Then Jesus comes to sit on earth for 1,000 years and judges the earth with those he came with. So, listen, your Christianity now is so important because this is what it will do for you. You will become part of the bride of Christ. And you will be married to Christ. You will enjoy the marriage supper of the Lamb. You enjoy the marriage, you enjoy the marriage supper of the Lamb. You will come with him as an army to destroy all his enemies. When all of his enemies are destroyed, you will set, he will set up his own government here on earth and he will make you and I deputy governors all over the world. You will be in charge of people in different places. And we can cause rain to fall or rain not to fall. All those who don't worship him will say no rain. And no, no rain. Yeah. For 1,000 years. Can you imagine that? You will think that when Jesus comes to rule on earth for 1,000 years, everybody will, be, will change, isn't it? You don't know what you think. But amazingly, in the 1,000 years, some people still don't mind him. You'll be surprised. So it's not, it's not because Jesus is, is not around that you believe even when he's around, some people will still not mind him. Even when he was around the first time, they didn't mind him. When he comes in his glory, eh, they look at how he comes. He says, all of Israel will see. Revelation chapter 1 verse 7, once again. He says, behold, he cometh with clowns. And every eye, so every eye in the world, no matter where you are in the world, you see him coming. Everybody will see. And they also which pierced him. Who are they who pierced him? Israel. 
as I said, and all kindreds of the earth shall wail. They shall cry and wail because of him. Even so, amen. So when he comes, he destroys all of them. Then, go back to Revelation chapter 19. Let's continue the story. Have you learned anything today? Get the tape. You didn't hear anything. Get the tape and listen to it over and over and over and over and over. And now preach it in different places. At different times in this, our church. In a more consistent way. That will help you. With more scriptures. This one, I didn't say much scriptures. Okay? So that's the second coming. He, the second coming is with that. That's public. Every eye shall see him. The first one, no eye sees him. It's only us who will see him and go with him. But the second one, every eye, no matter where they are, they will see him. In, in Acts chapter 1, verse, verse 9, when Jesus was going, okay, the Bible says that the disciples were looking at him. And when he had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up. And a cloud received him out of their sight. You should know that the cloud is not these clouds. I've showed you the cloud is actually people. If you've noticed, in Matthew chapter 27, verse 50, when Jesus died, the earth shook, the rocks rent, and all those who were dead in Christ rose from the dead when he rose. Go to Matthew chapter 27, verse 50. And behold, the veil of the temple was rent in twain from the top to the bottom, and the earth did quick, and the rocks rent. And the graves were open when he died. The graves were open. If you read from verse 50, you see it. The graves were open, and many bodies of the saints which slept or which were dead arose hmm? and came out of the graves after his resurrection. And went into the holy city and appeared unto many. So people who had died, Joseph, Aaron, Isaac, Abraham, all these people who had died before Jesus came. When Jesus died, the day he died, all their graves opened. The Efshuk and all those graves. It was certain graves that opened, not every grave. All those graves opened. And when he rose from the dead, all those people rose from the dead with him. And they went into Israel, Jerusalem, to appear to many people and show themselves to them. So some will be farming and then Abraham will come. Ho, ho, ho. All hail. <laughs> The Lord has risen, and hence we have arisen with him. All hail. They show themselves to all these people, so many people. Yes, Israel does not believe. After all these things. Yeah. So, when Jesus was going to heaven, they couldn't, these people couldn't go to heaven. I'll explain some other time. They couldn't go to heaven on their own. When Jesus was going, then he went with them. So that was a cloud of witness. It's called the cloud of witness. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. Okay. Hebrews 12, wherefore seeing we are also compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. So that cloud received him out of their sight. Then the angel, they saw an angel standing by them. Acts chapter 1, verse 9, once again. Next verse, verse 10. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven, as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, they were angels. And which also said unto them, Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? Why are you looking into heaven like that? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you in heaven, into heaven shall so come in like manner as you have seen him go into heaven. In like manner. How did he go? He went with clouds. How is he coming? He's coming with clouds. What are the clouds? Saints. So he's going to be coming back with saints. Are you getting it? When he comes, every eye will see him and then he will set his foot on earth. When he sets his foot on earth, there shall be a great slaughter. His, the breath of his mouth will destroy all the armies that are arrayed against him. Okay? Revelation chapter 19, from verse 17. And I saw an angel from verse 16. Look at verse 16. And he has a vesture on his vesture, on his thigh, a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And I saw an angel standing in the sun, and he cried with a loud voice, saying to all the fowls that fly in the midst of heaven, Come, all the beds of the air, come and gather yourselves together unto the supper of the great God. They are come to eat their flesh. Next verse. That ye may eat the flesh of kings, and the flesh of captains, and the flesh of mighty men, and the flesh of horses, and of, and of them that sit on them, and the flesh of all men, both free and born, both small and great. Have you seen it? That's so all of them will die. 
there's some, some portions of the Bible that say that the hip will be so high that it will be up to the horse, the bridle of a horse. And you know that a horse, um, uh, an average horse is with the, the chin is taller than me. An average horse, yeah. The bridle of a horse is maybe around this height. When I stand by a horse, I may be around or lower. A little bit lower. Maybe up to, up to my shoulder. Okay? The bodies that will pile up in that wall will be up to my shoulder. My shoulder level. Plenty of people. That's the second. So the second coming of Christ is, with, is war. It's not peace. The first one, he came as a lamb. The second one is coming as a lion. So after that, the beast, he says, I saw the beasts and the kings of the earth and the armies gathered together to war against him. To, that sat on the horse and against his army. I've told you this already. And the beast was taken and with, with him the false prophet with, which wrought miracles before him with which he deceived them that had received the mark of the beast and them that worshipped his image. These both were cast alive into a lake of fire burning with brimstone. So they are the first group to go into a lake of fire. Okay? Then Jesus sits down and judges the earth. That judgment is called the judgment of the sheep and the goat. Are you interested in such thing? So he said, now all those who helped Israel in their time of trial, when the Antichrist was killing them, will be described as sheep. And all those who did not help them and persecuted them as well, will be described as goats. All goats are to be bent, so they will all be taken out. And the sheep will be left. Now, after the, after the sheep are left, that, after that judgment, the sheep are allowed to stay on earth for 1,000 years. So they'll be giving birth. The, I'm not talking about sheep, sheep, I'm talking about human beings. <laughs> eh? So they'll be allowed to stay on earth with Jesus ruling them for 1,000 years. They are all not born again. Remember, all those who are born again were taken away. These are people who are not born again. So as they give birth 1,000 years, and at that time, the Bible says that the youngest person shall, the, uh, the youngest person shall die at 100. If you die at 100, it means that you are too, you died early. So death will be suspended somewhat. So people can grow up to 900 and all of that. Just like in Genesis. So people will be growing and growing and growing around. They are not dying much. And so foolishness will start increasing. At that time, everybody is supposed to go to Israel because Jesus will be in Israel. He will be in Jerusalem. Everybody is supposed to go there and worship. Some people will not go. Some people will be disobedient. That's why he will need us to check them. But still, some people will not believe. So the devil will be kept, yes, the devil will be kept in the bottomless pit. Revelation chapter 20, verse 1. He says, and I saw a great angel. Next verse, uh, go to Revelation 20. And I saw an angel come down from heaven, having the key of the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. Verse 2. And he laid hold on the dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil, and Satan, and bound him a thousand years. So that angel, it's not Jesus who binds the devil. An angel. The devil is not much for Jesus. So they bind him, and they cast him to the bottomless pit for 1,000 years. Bottomless pit is a pit that's without the bottom. So he'll be falling for 1,000 years. He'll be going, ah, 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 for 1,000 years. Then after that 1,000 years, he says, and he cast him to the bottomless pit and shut up and set, and set a seal upon him that he should receive the nations no more. So the 1,000 years should be fulfilled. And after that, he must be loosed a little season. So after the 1,000 years, he's loosed. The devil is brought out of the bottomless pit. And amazingly, he's able to go around the earth and deceive people. He deceived so many people, the sheep, those who were sheep, he deceived them so much, so many people, to the point that the Bible describes them, their number as the sand of the sea. And they will come and mobilize again against Jesus Christ for a battle. It's called the battle of Gog and Magog. It shows you, that, it shows you how human beings are. So Jesus, God would want everybody to know that the human beings, eh, they are desperately wicked. Yeah. To mobilize 
and try to come against the camp of the saints. So all of us will have a camp here on earth. Big camp. And you don't have to travel by air or anything. You have your glorified body so you can appear and disappear. Like Jesus was appearing and disappearing. So you can appear somewhere and disappear. The devil deceived them that they can fight us. And when they come, the devil says that fire falls from heaven and destroys all of It's all there. Revelation chapter 20. If you read down, you see it. Yeah. And it shall go out to see. Let's read for verse 7. And when the thousand years are expired, Satan shall be loosed out of his prison. Because all those people are in the, they are there without, the, without Satan. All those who be born around that time, they've not been deceived. They've not had temptation before. So they need temptation to see how they'll behave. And when they are tempted, immediately some of them will follow. And shall go out to deceive the nations which are in the four quarters of the earth. Gog and Magog to gather them together to battle. The number of whom is as the son of the sea. So many. Next verse. And they, they went up on the breath of up on the breath of the earth and compass the camp of the saints where the saints are called the camp of the saints and the beloved city that's Jerusalem and fire came down from heaven from God out of heaven and devoured them after this then he says I saw a great white and the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophets are and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever forever and ever is forever and ever it's not 20 years and I saw a great white throne. So then, after this, then the great white throne judgment comes, which is the final, the judgment of the final, final. So that's the story. In Jesus' name. Clap for Jesus. So what are you going to do? Ask your neighbor, what are you going to do? What do you want? Where do you want to be? In all of this story. God has a place for you. And you must take your place. Okay? Just be serious with the Bible. And just be serious with God and His Word. That's all. And you are on your way to being part of all of these things that are going to be happening. In Jesus' name. Amen. Rise upon your feet and let's thank God for His glory, His goodness. God bless you for listening. We pray that the Word of God will be rooted and grounded in your heart as you give attention to the Word. Kindly follow Pastor T and Love Economy Church on all social networks for more of God's Word. Don't forget to subscribe to the Pastor T Podcast. Simply search for Pastor T on any podcast app, plug in, and enjoy God's Word. Visit our website at loveeconomychurch.org for more information. God bless you.